Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. It's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Superman, in his guise of Clark Kent, learns at the risk of four lives that the mystery of the Sleeping Beauty is the greatest mystery the world has ever known. What's so mysterious about it, Clark? Plenty, Lois. Look what happens. A lone German wanders into Illyria, a country that has been lost and hidden for 700 years. Within a few months, he becomes Grand Master, virtually the ruler. So what? Maybe he was smart. Oh, you bet he was smart. The first thing he managed Mr. to Kent, do... there's someone at the window. <laughs> Quick, Scott, down, everyone. Down to the floor. Gang, all of us want to be popular with our friends. We want to be looked up to and admired. Well, that's only natural. But it takes certain special qualities to make a person popular. You have to have the knack of getting along with all kinds of people. But it doesn't take any magic formula to do that. It takes only a real interest in other boys and girls. When you say, hi, kid, what's new? Show that you really want to know what's new. Don't just say an empty phrase. Then listen carefully to what your friend has to tell you. Show that you really care about what's been happening to him. Everybody likes a good listener. Now, here's another tip. You'll find that a popular boy or girl is never a fair-weather friend. He's never buddy-buddy with you when things are going your way, but out of sight when you're in a jam. He's always a good pal, a real friend. He's around when you need him, when the going gets tough, and he'll stick by you through thick and thin. Believe me, gang, true friends aren't soon forgotten. And finally, remember that popular boys and girls pick their close friends wisely. Their best pals are only the finest kids in the neighborhood. That's a proof that their friendship stands for something and isn't given lightly. They're on good terms with everyone, but their real buddies are tried and true boys and girls who rate with them because they're regular Joes. Their people or religion or who their parents may be never enters into the question of friendship. Well, gang, those are a few suggestions for you to mull over. It's not some magic formula. It's just being a good friend. And now, the adventures of Superman. Yesterday, as you remember, Clark Kent tried to convince Lois Lane that Franz, the evil Grand Master of Illyria, was a German spy who somehow had stumbled on the hidden land. Then, as Rev. Payton was describing her country in order to give Kent some clue as to where it is located, Jimmy Olsen, who had gone to get some maps, shouted a warning from the dark hall. But before Kent could move, he heard Jimmy shout, 
Okay, Jim, let him go. Let's see what he has to say. Let me up, you little nincompoop. You bleep the lizard. Let go. Mr. White. Easy, Chief, easy. Wait a minute. Gee, Mr. White, I didn't know. Well, well, don't stand there like a couple of idiots. Help me out. Oh, sure. Come on, Jim. Help him up. There you are. Colson. I've taken about all I'm going to take of your nonsense. Gee, Mr. White, I didn't know it was you. I, I, I don't care what you thought, and I don't want to hear another word out of you. Oh, wait, but take it easy, Chief. Oh, you're out of you either. I'm sick of the whole bunch of you. But look, Chief. What am I supposed to look at? All right. It's so dark here, I can hardly see I hand in front of my face. What's going on out here? Come on inside, Chief, and sit down and catch your breath. Well, I'll, I'll sit down, but both of you get out of my sight. <gasps> Why, Chief... Was that you lurking out there? Yeah, I tackled him in the dark. <laughs> oh, no. I don't see anything funny about it. I'm sorry, Chief. I wasn't laughing at you. I was laughing at Claude. Well, I'm glad that you can laugh. It's more than I can do. How does your German spy look to you now, Mr. Kent? That's right. Rub it in. Now, now, what are you talking about? I leave you alone for a few hours. And by the time I come back, you've cooked up something new for me to worry about. <laughs> you've got to stop this, I tell you, right this minute. Hey. Uh, who, who's she? Oh, excuse me, Chief. We were so excited, I forgot to tell you the big news. We finally awakened the girl on the barge, and here she is. Hmm. Well, uh, how do you do, young lady? Greetings, Sarah. Uh, her name's Rev Payton. You'll be quiet. Well, I was only trying to help I you. I told you to be quiet, and I mean it. I don't want to hear one word out of you. She was. What the unstripping says is true, Sarah. Rev Payton is my name. Huh? Oh, what, what, what is she talking about? Uh, I can hardly understand her. The tongue in which thou speak is strange to me, too. But I understand thee very well. That's the way they spoke English in the 13th century, Chief. Really? Well, she's living in 1948 now, or maybe nobody told her that. Well, as a matter of fact, we didn't. What's the matter with all of you? Uh, have you gone completely crazy? Well, well, it was like this. I thought I told you to keep quiet. All right. Now, if you just take it easy, Chief, I'll try to explain this. No, okay, okay, go ahead. But first, uh, somebody get me a glass of water. Oh, I'll get it. Okay, Jim. Well, to get back to the beginning, sometime in the 13th century, Rev. Payton's people founded a new homeland, which they shut off from the rest of the world. Hmm, well, why'd they do that? I don't know. They were sick of wars, I guess. Thought they'd find peace that way. Huh. Well, any fool knows that you can't find peace shutting yourself off from the world. Well, yes, uh, but... Here's your water, Mr. Oh, no, Thanks. Thank you. I won't. Well, anyway, they lived peacefully up until a few years ago when a German named Franz decided that Illyria had something he wanted. Illyria? Oh. Don't show. Oh, what's that? That's the name of the country, Chief. Mm, sounds something like out of a fairy tale. Uh, go ahead. Well, there's not much more except that Clark thinks that the greatest mystery the world has ever known is about to be solved. Oh, he does, does he? On what do you base that statement, Kent? Uh, and what's the mystery? Now, wait a minute. First of all, it wasn't a statement. I just said it was a hunch. Now, be truthful, Clark. Well, As a matter only... of fact, when Jimmy shouted that someone was out in the hall, you were all ready to do battle with a Nazi espionage. Well, now, look, I... Until your dangerous character fortunately turned out to be Perry White. Now, don't bring that up again. My neck feels like it's been broken. Oh, I'm sorry, Chief. Well, I'll get back to you later. Well, first, now, uh, let me get this straight. Now, you, young lady. I, Sarah? Gods, I can't get used to this I and Sarah business. Now, don't you remember, Rev. Payton? I told you we say Mr. here. Uh, I, Mr. But uh, what name dost thou give to the funny old gentleman? Oh, oh, funny old... Uh, this is our boss, Mr. White, Rev. Payton. We work for him. When you work? Displeased I am to meet thee. 
That reminds me of one with whom I've spent many happy hours. Oh, oh yes, I, uh, I remind you of somebody in Illyria. Aye. Huh? My playmate, Lyanna, had a great bear whom I loved very much. <laughs> oh, that's enough. That's enough out of all of you. Either she's a lot simpler than she looks, or you've been putting ideas into her head about me. Honestly, we haven't even mentioned you, Chief. Oh, by the way, Chief, where have you been hibernating all this time? Uh, down at the Coast Guard station with that pit squeak of a petty officer. I finally put him in his place. Oh, swell. Now, now let's get on to brass tacks. Where is this Illyria place? Well, we don't know yet, but we've got a good idea. So far, Rev. Peyton has told us that it's near a river, that it's on a high stretch of land, and that it's on the side of a mountain. Oh, that's great. That's wonderful. There are only about a million rivers and mountains in the world. You've got to remember, Chief, she couldn't have been on the water too long, so it must be someplace on this continent. Now then, she went on to say that the climate was mild, but that on the other side of the mountain it rained all the time. That the peaks on the tops of the mountains above Illyria have snow on them. Uh, that's right, Rev. Peyton, isn't it? Aye. All that thou sayest is true. Well, it's still clear as mud to me. Now, just a minute. Rev. Peyton, do you know, are, are there any volcanoes around Illyria? V- volcanoes? Yes, volcanoes. I, I've heard the word. Herkimen once spoke it when he told me of the mountain which spat fire and snow. That's it. So there are volcanoes. Aye, there's one we can see far off in the distance from Illyria. And truth to tell, Illyria itself is built upon the top of one that has long been dead. No kidding. Of course, that would account for the warmth and the fertile soil you told us about. You see, Chief, it's perfectly clear. Perfectly clear. Are you nuts? Here we go again. Hail Columbia. Columbia? Columbia. What's the matter, Rev. Hayden? What startled you? That word thou spokest. Columbia. What about it? It's pressed against my brain. Columbia. Columbia. Puzzled and confused, Rev. Hayden repeats the word Columbia over and over again. What does it mean to her? We'll know in a moment, so keep listening. Gang, let me tell you once again that the biggest job you, the boys and girls of America, can do today is to lend a helping hand to the less fortunate children of Europe and Asia, those innocent victims of the last war who haven't enough to eat. Believe it or not, there are 230 million of those hungry children all over the world who look to you for a helping hand. Don't let them down. They'll pay you back for acts of kindness all their lives with understanding friendship, the kind of friendship that leads to world peace. And that is very important. So join the crusade for children in your city and canvass your neighborhood for contributions. Give plays and parties to raise money and try to raise additional funds through the sale of cookies and candies. There are lots of other things, too. All sorts of things that will bring in money, which is then used to purchase healthful, nourishing foods to be sent starving children overseas. Now remember that there are 230 million of those sick and starving children in Europe and Asia who are counting on you to help them grow up strong and healthy with proper foods. Don't let them down. Join the crusade for children right now. Enlist the help of your friends in a campaign to raise much-needed funds. Ask your teachers and club leaders to help you organize and give plays. Make it your business to think up ways of raising money. Then turn whatever you collect into your local chapter of the American Overseas Aid and the United Nations Appeal for Children. Sponsors of the Crusade for Children will be happy to accept your cooperation. Above all, don't put it off. The money is needed right now. So start at once to save the children of the world. And now, 
back to the adventures of Superman. The scene in the Florida hotel room has grown tense. Lois, who hasn't understood Rev. Payton's description of her country at all, just exclaimed, Hail Columbia. Rev. Payton started at the sound of the word. Now she is trying desperately to recall what the word reminded her of as Kent prods her on. Why should Columbia mean anything to you, Rev. Payton? Have you heard it before? I, once, long, long ago, I heard it spoken. But I cannot remember. Now, think. Think. It, it, it must be important. Now, Clark, why on earth should that be important? Because we've been talking about her homeland. If Please. an old forgotten memory comes up now, it must have something to do with that. Now, look, look. I, I think we'd better be getting back to Metropolis no, or we'll all go crazy. Wait a minute, Chief. Now, come on, think, Rev. Payton, think. I, I cannot recall its meaning. Well, try too dim. All right, Clark. Rev. Payton, what is the first thing that brings to your mind? There's nothing I fear. I I keep looking at my emerald ring. Your ring? Who gave it to you? My old nurse. When I was very, very little. Oh, what is it, Rev. Payton? Come on, no, say it. No, it is recalled. My old nurse was a stranger to our land, too. And she, like France, came to Illyria on one of the days when the gates were thrown open. She never spoke of the land whence she came, save once on my fourth birthday, when she gave me this emerald ring. Take it, my princess, she said. To thee, I give my last relic of my old home, Columbia, the land of the emeralds. Oh, that's a very pretty story, but I don't see it. You don't see it, Chief? No, and neither do I. I'm amazed at both of you. It's as plain as the nose on your face, Lois. The reason Rev. Payton responded to the word Columbia was because... Ken. Just a minute, Jim. The reason Ken, she... look... There's someone at the window. Great Scott! Oh! He's going to break the glass! Down, everyone! Down on the floor! A face at the window, the crash of glass, and then two shots out of the darkness. Clark Kent is right. There is more, much more to Rev. Payton's story than appears on the surface. So don't miss a single thrilling word of it if you want to know the solution of the greatest mystery the world has ever known. It's a strange and exciting story, so be with us tomorrow. Same time, same station for Chapter 11 of The Mystery of the Sleeping Beauty on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. Watch for the Superman Adventure Serial, soon to be shown at your local movie theater. This program came from New York. Stay tuned to your mutual station for Captain Midnight, which follows in just a moment. And right after Captain Midnight, you'll hear Tom Mix and his Ralston Straight Shooters. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. Welcome back. I have to say I was disappointed uh, with the result of the cliffhanger at the end of uh, Part 9. And it's the second weak cliffhanger they've done in the same story, uh, where there's not really anything that happened, despite leaving you into suspense to think uh, that that might be the case. And uh, I'm thinking in this case... With the cliffhanger at the end of part 10, the person breaking the window and shooting doesn't turn out to be part of this story at all, but to have stumbled into Superman from the Green Hornet. Just got horribly lost.
mainly because the Green Hornet gets recorded in uh, Detroit, and this is in was recorded in New York City. But that's a theory, and I think it's just as plausible as anything else in this story. It's really hard to imagine that there's somebody actually in Florida with both the knowledge and motive uh, to silence Rev Payton, unless the guy on the, co- on the Coast Guard was somehow part of an evil Nazi plot. And poor Perry White has had so much of this that he is ready to go back to Metropolis. Though I think in story time, they've probably only been there a night for this fishing vacation in which they went, went fishing, rescued Rev Payton. It's not time to go back to Metropolis quite yet. And we'll see what our mystery shooter visiting from the Green Hornet has to say. We'll see. I think that theory's got a good chance of actually being what happens. So be sure and listen to part 11 on Sunday. In the meantime, send your comments to adam at adamsweb.us and be sure and rate the show on iTunes. But from Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.